Welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 22. Alright everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and today we have a different sort of show. There's no guests, it's just you and me. I wanted to talk about something that most LGSs haven't really articulated very well at this point. An important part of building a local game store is understanding your customers. When it comes to magic, the thing you want to know most about each customer is where on the magic player spectrum they are. The products your customers buy and the way your, your LGS interacts with them will depend on each customer's player progression. Getting to know your players is the first step in understanding their buying decisions. So we're going to talk about each stage in a Magic player's career and the way your LGS benefits from each. So first, let's go through the four stages. Non-player is the first stage of the progression and development in a customer's experience with Magic. Everyone starts off here when they're beginning their journey. At this stage, they have not played a game yet, and have probably no understanding of the rules of the community. These kinds of players may buy introductory products. Now, casual player is the second stage of the progression. Once a player has learned the basic rules of the game and has a small collection of cards, they're in the realm of the casual player. They typically play the game with their friends and only occasionally come into a game store. Their buying patterns are unpredictable and uh, on an individual basis, but as a group, they, uh, together, they can be very profitable. These players are more likely to spend their money buying booster packs to add cards to their collection, going through your dollar rares, and purchasing more intro products. Casual players do not generally attend tournaments. That's kind of a distinction. The next stage is casual competitive player. It's the third stage. Magic is inherently a competitive game. When two players sit down to play a game, one will win and one will lose. No matter how casual and friendly the match is, this is true. As players become more comfortable with the game and more confident in their abilities, they'll eventually look for more competitive ways to play the game. And this is the stage where the player will attend tournaments like FNM and pre-releases, but they will still likely shy away from an event like uh, PPTQ. They are also one of the most ideal player types you can have in your local player community. They, can, they still buy booster packs, but they are also interested in your singles collection. A wider array of the MTG products you carry are going to be attractive to these people. And then the fourth stage is the competitive player. It's the final stage. Competitive players can vary greatly in skill and goals, all the way from FNM ringer to local professional shark. But they all, they all share the same mindset. Their motivation for playing Magic is simply winning. Competitive players usually only attend tournaments that have a higher expected value since they have a greater expectation of winning. This means that your small weekly tournament won't appeal to these players as much as a large regional event with $1,000 in prizes or something like that. These players rarely buy boosters or sealed product from your store unless it's for a draft, but they will spend money on singles. They will come to your store mostly to play in your events and trade cards with other players. All right, so the first time a customer walks through your doors, you'll have likely no idea where on the spectrum of player skill they lie. 
besides being a great way to make your customers more loyal to your store, discovering more about them is crucial to finding out what kind of player they are and figuring out the best way to serve them. Each level of player requires a different approach to unlock their potential as a customer for your store. Wizards of the Coast, and, and Magic in general, has seen, like, tremendous growth, crazy stuff, over the last five years because of WotC's strategy of aggressively recruiting new players to the game. Local game stores can also use this strategy to great effect. By actively engaging new customers who turn out to be non-players, people who've never played the game before, and helping them learn the basics of the game, store owners can create new customers for their business that may, over the course of their time in the game, spend several thousand dollars at their shop. The most effective way to introduce a customer to Magic is to play a game with them. A demonstration set up beforehand that is created with the idea of teaching the basics to new customers can be a great recruitment tool. You can have two decks made up of roughly equal strength, and you can walk them through an example game. You can even stack the decks so that they play out the same way every single time. Go through the basics until the customer has a grasp of how to play, and then allow them to make their own decisions. Ideally, you let the customer win their first game to get that feel-good experience, or association with the experience. But beyond the demo, there are a few other tools that your game store should be using to help recruit new Magic players. The first one is a new player package. Once a player begins to show interest in learning more and getting deeper into the game, you should be at the ready with a tailor-made set of products just for them. Something along the lines of an intro pack, a few boosters, like a pack of sleeves, and like maybe their first binder. You offer them a special price, and then help them get started in the Magic community on the right foot. The second thing you can do is designated open playtime. Have a specific section of your weekly schedule set aside for free play. Encourage new players to come in and meet other players in their local area in a casual setting where they can continue to learn and have fun at the same time. This is also a great time for new players to be introduced to the concept of trading. And then the third thing that you could potentially do is a new players only tournament. Depending on how often new players come into your store, you should be able to have an event organized specifically for them every month or so. Potentially every, you know, couple of weeks, every week, whatever. Make it a standard constructed format event, and this is important, it should be free. Offer a small amount of store credit to the top X number of players, whatever you're comfortable with, and then, you know, give each participant a booster pack. The pack will entice them, and the tournament will teach them how to play in a safe, comfortable introduction to the world of Magic com competition. And a key point of that is you should be keeping track of the new players that play in your tournament. You don't want new players with the air quotes coming in and pretending to be new people just to get the booster pack. That kind of defeats the whole purpose. Nearly every single Magic player had the game taught to them by someone they know. By teaching new players how to play and collect the game, you make it less intimidating and easier to get into. And if you've not played Magic in a while and you come back and you find out, oh, there's more than 10,000 cards, it's pretty intimidating. Your store should lower the barrier to entry as much as possible. That way you can keep your community growing. The principle behind all this is that a local game store should invest into its customers in order to create customers that will then return that investment into their business. This applies not only to Magic, but also to other genres of gaming as well. So the tactics will be different for miniatures or board game players, but the basic ideas are the same. The benefit to your business in introducing new players to the game is obvious. You're creating new customers to buy your products and play in your events, and that should always be one of your top priorities. Now the next stage of a Magic player's development is the casual player. Casual players have been known, also been known by the moniker, kitchen table player, because they have the tendency to play mostly at home with their friends. 
A casual player may only visit their local game store occasionally to buy booster packs and perhaps a few individual cards for the deck. Understanding where a player lies in the progression is the best way to know how to cater to them. Pointing out your excellent prices on tournament staples will not likely excite the casual player as much as showing them your dollar rare box or talking to them about their warrior tribal deck that they're building, or whatever. Casual players also tend not to play in tournaments as often as they can be intimidating the first time. This is a good opportunity for your stores. Casual players are one of the most profitable segments of the Magic community. If you serve them well and create a place where they feel comfortable and welcome, they will reward you with their business and loyalty. Beyond the intro tournament we talked about already, the best tournament to introduce casual players to is FNM. For the uninitiated, that is Wizards of the Coast's own event series, known as Friday Night Magic, and every single store with gaming space that sells magic should be running them. They are by far the most popular magic event in terms of consistency, and they are well supported by Wizards of the Coast to boot. Friday Night Magic is one of the easiest ways to get a casual player more involved with a store's competitive scene and the magic community in general. It's a friendly tournament with cool prizes, where players can gather and meet new friends that share their hobby. Sounds awesome. If a casual player comes into your store during one of their infrequent visits, don't be afraid to ask them if they're coming to FNM this week. Running a consistent and well-organized FNM every Friday is a great way to build and grow your local player base. It attracts new players because of its friendly environment, as well as more experienced players interested in winning some of the sweet foil promo cards. Wizards really struck the chord when they created the FNM program. It's just the right mix that tends to appeal to nearly all Magic players. It's also a great training ground for players looking to improve their skills beyond that of the casual player and grow into the next phase. Casual competitive players, or competitive slash casual players, depending on how much of a priority winning is for them, cut their teeth on FNM. Having lots of casual players is great for an LGS because they tend to spend a lot of money on their hobby and they're generally easier to please. You can build a very successful LGS just by catering to casual Magic players. Moving a player into the next phase involves introducing the budding casual player to the world of organized play tournaments and encouraging them to visit the store more often in order to beat other players and take their hobby to the next level. At each stage of development, your customer will likely be spending a higher average amount of their time and money at your store. This is why you want to gradually get them up the progression. You get recurring revenue for your business, while your customer is getting immense value by playing a game they love in a community that you've created. It's a true win-win relationship. And as I said before, the details may differ, but the principles are the same for most other forms of gaming. At least most other forms of gaming that have an organized play program. So we're going to talk about how to create an effective system for encouraging an individual player's progression, as well as grow your player base as a whole. Ideally, you want to go wide as well as deep with your community. The advantages of this are threefold. So each player will spend more money at your store, they will visit your store more often, and you'll have more players in your community overall. Once a player becomes an FNM regular, you open up plenty of opportunity to help them grow and encourage them to bring their friends into play too. One of the best ways to do this is to have a consistent and varied schedule of events every day of the week. Side note here, your schedule should be displayed prominently in your store and on your website. Just had to get that out there. By offering a variety of competitive options, you can, com and you can appeal to larger groups of players than if you focused on just FNM. There may be a number of modern format players that are unsupported in your area that you can cater to and earn their business. 
The trick with a weekly schedule is that you want to avoid stepping on the toes of other game stores in your area, while also figuring out what your local community will support. See, so it wouldn't do any good to have your standard event the same night as a nearby competitor's. You'll merely split the player base if you're too close, and both of you are just going to suffer for it. So, it's better to work together with the owners of other nearby game stores and figure out a schedule that gives players the most options without being too cutthroat. The best way to get players into your store for an event is simply to ask them what they want to play. Poll your customers. If you care about your business, you are likely already engaging your customers when they visit, and you have a good relationship with them. So, asking them what formats they would like to see in your store is an excellent way to figure out what events your store should hold, and it builds your relationship. Magic players of all sorts are far more likely to attend a tournament they've explicitly told you they do want to attend. Seems kind of obvious when you state it that way. Weekly events, such as the ones described before, were are, should be treated as a marketing expense, and run at cost or even a loss. And this is specific to the daily events that you run over, over the course of the week. Stuff you hold on the weekend, this doesn't apply to. Their purpose is not to make money through entry fees, but to encourage the sale of products in your store and to create customer loyalty. A good way to look at this is games are about the customer experience, and part of that experience is the social component. See, players in your store and in your, in your events provide the content for your community, the content that gives it value. Every player, whether they spend money at your store or not, is valuable to your business because they make up the player base, and they provide value to your other players. In the same way that content on your website brings value to your visitors and drives sales on your website, players in your events do the same thing for sales in your store. Another way to look at it is tournaments create a reason for players to buy new cards and build new decks. You can create the demand for your products and singles by running well-organized, cheap, and consistent tournaments. A full calendar of Magic tournaments is a great way to develop the casual competitive players in your community. The next step after that is to implement a system that encourages your players to keep coming back to your store and your events. So here, like, consider two very successful tournament circuits. The first we got is Wizards Premier Play Program, and then the Star City Games Open Series. They're, they're structured differently, but they use similar tactics to invest players in each circuit. So Planeswalker Points reward players for participating in sanctioned tournaments with buys to larger, more important events. The PTQ system, or the PPTQ system, funnels players into one of the most prestigious tournaments in Magic, it's the Pro Tour. And professional players collect pro points in order to earn better rewards. With the SCG Open series, each SCG Open qualifies its top eight players for the corresponding individual tur- invitational tournament. Excuse me. On top of qualifying, points are awarded to the top performing players over the course of a year, and then that culminates in the Players' Championship. Both systems have one specific thing in common. Each event leads into the next as building blocks along a path towards greater rewards. They escalate and get players invested. You will not be able to put up the same kinds of cash for price support, necessarily, but you can certainly use the same model to achieve similar results. The most important details about a system, such a system, however, you decide to implement one, is that they focus on constructed formats. Limited events are great for selling sealed product, but constructed events drive the sale of singles. A mix of both is important for a varied weekly schedule, but for your feature events, the ones that have the highest entry fee and the biggest payouts, they should be constructed. Most likely standard or modern, since they're the most common formats. You can easily do a legacy or even a vintage format tournament if you know that your local community will support it. Try it out. 
having a system like this for your business rewards the players who are already regular players at your weekly tournaments, but it also gives the players who aren't, aren't regulars a good incentive to show up consistently. Each event will no longer stand on its own, and instead be part of something more exciting. It also adds value to your weekly events without necessarily adding cost, which is always an opportunity you should look for in business. And then similar to the first two examples from Wizards and Star City Games, this can be extended a tier further into even more exclusive and valuable tournaments along the lines of the you know, like Worlds or the Players' Championship. Something along the lines of a once-a-year marquee event to cap off the whole thing. This kind of tournament structure draws in competitive players, very competitive players, since it aligns with their motivation to win and earn rewards. It's also a training ground for players who are developing along that path, but they're not quite there yet. And it appeals to the casual tournament attendee, since they can drop in as they please, just like before. Alright, so I'm going to tell you a story here. The setting is this. It's August 23rd, 2013. It's the weekend of Grand Prix Oakland. The, the Grand Prix has been hosted by Channel Fireball. And now the attendees of this particular Grand Prix were treated to an excellent seminar about how to build a proper deck in a sealed tournament by two masters of the game, LSV and Ben Stark. They used a slide presentation and a microphone, and they talked players through the M14 sealed format. And chances are the players in the crowd increased their overall win percentage just by paying attention during the seminar. Many of them came for the strategy, and they stayed for the puns. See, the whole idea might seem counterintuitive. Now, why would two professional players want to teach the opponents they will likely face over the coming weekend how to play better? Now, I can't speak to the motives of either Stark or LSV, but the effect is obvious. They and Channel Fireball, by extension, were building goodwill and authority in the Magic community. As competitive players at the apex of their game, they are both great examples of what a skilled and caring ambassador can do for the community and for the company they work for. They are mentors to the Magic community at large. So what does this have to do with your local community? Well, that depends on where on the competitive spectrum your player base lies. When a player reaches the top of their game, their experience with the local community changes. And due to the competitive nature of, a, or the competitive nature of players at this level, a number of undesirable attributes can become prevalent. Having a large portion of your community made up with competitive Magic players is something many game stores want to avoid. So now you should take advantage of the fact that your community has players who have invested so much time and money into the game in order to get better at it. You should be creating tournaments with higher stakes and funnel them into those ones. You should be more actively involved in your local community, and the extremely skilled and competitive players won't then become a detriment. The reason competitive players are seen as a bad element of the Magic community is just because most stores don't know how to cater to, cater to them. The way most stores look at it is the trouble is with highly competitive players is that if they're left unchecked, they can become a negative influence in a store's player base. See, the competition does have its great aspects, like achievement, personal growth, and sportsmanship. And even rivalry can be positive if it's put into the right context, where like each player or team striving to outperform the other will make both parties better in the long run. But competition also has its negative aspects as well. It can lead to trash talking, a sense of entitlement, confrontations, and at its worst, cheating and theft. So you should be creating an environment that encourages and rewards the good behavior and discourages and, if necessary, punishes the bad. A good set of rules and guidelines that you announce before most of your tournaments is a good start. Enforcing them is fairly is how you follow through. So now a code of conduct 
will help keep the assholes out of your store, but you can do more to bring in the good ones. One of the better ways to do this is to identify the leaders in your local community. These people are easy to spot. Frequently, they are the players who are fielding rules questions during your tournaments or helping the TO run or helping the tournament run smoother by helping the organizer. You see, one of the most important axioms in economics is people respond to incentives. Given, give the natural leaders in your community a reason to make it a better place to play, and many of them just will. This is how you recruit mentors from within your local player base. See, like a system of rewards, such as free entry into tournaments, store credit, or even a more realized approach of actually hiring them as employees, will allow your best magic players to become champions and mentors within your community, rather than dead weight. The best players are largely like an untapped resource. Bring them on board to use their skills in a constructive capacity while earning rewards by doing so. They'll likely be flattered you asked, as many of them are already doing those things for free. Mentors can help bring in new customers, teach new players, and they're excellent at promoting the health of your community. By being proactive with your best players, you can avoid the problem of the cutthroat few ruining the experience for everyone else and instead have them build a better place to play the best game in the world. And for those who don't want to play nice, sometimes you just have to pull the trigger and fire them. The takeaway here is to use competitive, the competitive players in your community well. You should turn them into mentors to create value for your less experienced players, and then give them what they want most. Tournaments where the prizes are large enough to be worth winning. You'll make a profit from the events, and if done right, you'll be able to sell a huge number of cards to these players too. See, it's the same idea. You create the demand, in this case, it's tournaments with big prizes, and then you supply what they need to win. Okay, that's the show today. Let me know what you guys think about this new format of episode, this one-on-one sort of style rather than the interviews. Uh, I I had a lot of fun recording it, so let me know if you guys like it, and maybe I'll do a few more in the future. I hope you'll look at your magic community a little differently now. This is more of an analytical approach to serving your community rather than the one-size-fits-all. So think about your... Think about the magic players that come into your store. Where do they lie on the spectrum? And now, for the usual plugs, we've got the the Maniverse podcast. We'll be back next Friday with another episode. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about game store entrepreneurship and the magic community, head over to ManiverseSaga.com, because that's where you'll find articles and podcasts that will help you build a better LGS. And I also wanted to let you guys know that I am running a contest right now. Maniverse Saga is giving away a free sealed booster box of Magic Origins. So go to maniversesaga.com slash magicorigins and sign up. Signing up will get you one entry into the contest, but you can get more. So once you've signed up, you'll get a special link you can share on your Facebook and Twitter profiles. And any friends who sign up through your link will net you three additional entries. It's a pretty sweet deal, but the contest ends July 31st, so you better get on it. And, you know, as always, thanks for listening. I've been your host, Tom Traplin, and I will talk to you guys next week.